Hi, I'm Nicole Rollander, Executive Director of Professional Development for ASI. Today we're joined by Dory Clark. Dory is a marketing strategy consultant, professional speaker, and frequent contributor to the Harvard Business Review, Time, and Entrepreneur. Recognized as a branding expert by the Associated Press, Fortune, and Inc. magazine, she's the author of Reinventing You. Her most recent book, Stand Out, was named the number one leadership book of 2015 by Inc. magazine. She consults and speaks for a diverse range of clients, including Google, the World Bank, Microsoft, and Morgan Stanley. Dory, a, a former presidential campaign spokeswoman, is also an adjunct professor of business administration at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. So welcome to the podcast, Dory. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. We're really thrilled to chat with you today. So, so let's get started. One of your areas of expertise is personal branding and rebranding. I love the idea that a CEO or salesperson can essentially reinvent how they and their company are perceived in the marketplace. Can you talk a little bit about the concept of personal branding and then some ways a person actually can guide or re-guide the way prospects and clients view them? I'm assuming this also works if a company's reputation has been tarnished and the CEO wants to recast perception of his or her brand. Absolutely. So fundamentally, when we're talking about personal brand, it is a synonym for reputation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people get a little twitchy about the term personal brand because they, they think that it implies that uh, people are somehow having to sell themselves the way that you'd sell a soap or a detergent or something like that. But it's, it's not about uh, creating some kind of fake or inauthentic front that you're putting forward to people. It's, it's really just a question of what do people say about you when you leave the room, and is it what you would wish that they would say, and trying to get those things into alignment. So as you're thinking about how to shape or reshape your personal brand, fundamentally it's a three-step process, uh, and, and it's one that I describe in my book, Reinventing You. The first step is getting clear on what your current brand is. I think a lot of people assume they know or they think they know, but, but actually um, we all have blind spots. And so it's important to check in with trusted friends and colleagues to get a sense of um, how you're being thought about presently. Next, it's about developing that vision of how you would like to be perceived. And if there's a gap between the two, which is often the case for many people, thinking about what steps you need to take in order to get there. And then third and finally, it's about what I call living your brand. And that is thinking about the ways that on a daily basis you can manifest the brand that you want. How do you actually take actions so that people will begin to think of you as the leader you know yourself to be? And that could be anything from sharing your ideas regularly on social media to taking on leadership roles in professional associations or charitable organizations, things like that. And, and do you think that that also works, um, you know, if a company has a certain mission statement or they want to, you know, project something by, by asking employees and, and coworkers to also sort of embody that? You know, for example, one thing that I was recently reading was a company wanted to reshape their um, customer service strategy to where somebody would get back to the customer within 90 minutes. So even the CEO then was, you know, doing that and getting back to people within 90 minutes when he might have not been doing that before and then sort of changing the way the company overall was perceived because all of the employees were sort of living that mission statement. Yeah, I think that that's, that's exactly right, and it's really important because fundamentally people get, I, I think, tripped up a little bit because oftentimes I'll hear, oh, you know, your personal brand, that's the, that's the, the same thing as your elevator pitch, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the truth is what you say about yourself, you know, your, your elevator pitch or your short little, you know, personal statement 
that's important for sure. But what you say about yourself is only the smallest sliver of what your personal brand is, because what speaks a lot louder than that is how you act in the world. That's what's really going to make an impression on people. And so you can say you're a customer service focused organization as much as you want, but if you're not doing it, if you're Mm -hmm. not living it out, people are going to sniff that hypocrisy very fast. And so really the best way to change your personal brand or your company's brand is to start acting in a different way that really makes it crystal clear how people should be perceiving you. Yeah, and and so I think another area that kind of goes along with that um, is be, is becoming an expert on something. You know, we tell our members that they can do this by posting you know rich and relevant content on their websites, blogs, and other social media accounts. Um, you know, whether it's content that they're creating or, or what they're uh, curating. You know, just just kind of pulling together content and putting it out there so people start looking to them as an expert on whatever area it it is. So, what's your take on this? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really critical practice to start sharing your ideas and sharing your perspective um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one is that as we really sh- you know shift into a world where um, you know we're we're white collar professionals, we are no- so called knowledge workers, and truth is is that if you're doing stuff on a computer all day, it is very very hard for most people unless they literally have worked side by side with you to know if you are any good at your job mm-hmm. I mean, how how can you tell your work is largely invisible to the outside and so the way that you can actually demonstrate to people that you are knowledgeable you are competent you do have a good perspective about things is by making what's in your head manifest And you can do that through blogging or creating content or sharing on social media so that people can see with their own eyes, oh, I guess she really does know what she's talking about. That's very powerful. And the other important thing is that in any situation, whether – it's about should somebody do business with your company or should somebody take a risk on hiring you as an individual? These are risky decisions. You know, it, depending on the size of the contract, it could be you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. People feel pretty nervous about that. And the better they feel they know you in advance, the less risk they feel and the easier it is for them to make the decision to buy from you or hire you. And that's an investment absolutely worth making. Yeah, and you know, that's a really good segue into my next question. Um, in the promotional products landscape, price is often often a deciding factor for a customer. So a lot of times they'll go with the lowest price provider, but then it, you know, it doesn't translate into the best value. So, you're, you know, you're kind of talking about putting yourself out there as an expert so people sort of see what they're getting. Um, so what's your advice for communicating the value of your services to prospects and customers and, you know, the marketplace? Um, so if you're really good at creating marketing solutions, you know, what are some ways to really get that out there? Yeah, so in a lot of ways, this is really just back to basics. I mean, we all know that in the absence of other factors, people will always go for the lowest price. Mm-hmm. So the the question is, how do you introduce other factors? How do you how do you make it clear? Um, you know, if there's no information out there about quality or about reliability or about the strategic value of what you're doing, then of course people re- revert to price, which is just easy. Um, so you can introduce those other factors for consideration by uh, giving people new information. And that could be in the form of having uh, a really robust section of customer testimonials so that people can see, you know, especially video testimonials these days are fantastic, so that people can hear from other folks who have done business with you what the results have been. Um, you can do it by, as we were talking about earlier, 
creating content, whether it's videos or blogs or podcasts or things like that, so that people can get a sense of your approach. Maybe it's posting uh, case studies or white papers so that they can see, oh, well, if they were able to do this for a company that was kind of like mine, I wonder, you know, they, they could probably get similar results for me. All of those things make it much easier and clearer and better uh, for them to, to choose you because they understand that that price is no longer the only metric they should be considering. And I love what you said, though, about, you know, video testimonials with smartphones. It's so easy for people to, you know, just do a quick videotape. And if you're not videotape, but video, but if you're, you know, visiting a client, you say, do you mind if I take a quick testimonial? It's, it's just so easy to do it um, right there with your phone. And the quality is good. Um, so I wanted to shift topics slightly to leadership. Um, as I mentioned, distributors in our marketplace are working in a very competitive landscape. They're selling marketing solutions that employ promo products. So to stand out, you know, they have to be really cognizant of their brands and how they, they look for leads, pitch to prospects, and so on. And, you know, leadership has definitely changed um, today. So what are some ways that today's C-level executives can be strong thought leaders? And, and what are some common leadership mistakes um, that you've seen um, to avoid? Well, I, I think when it comes to mistakes, probably the biggest one that I see, and I talk about this in both of my books, Reinventing You and Stand Out, is leaving your narrative to chance. And what I mean by that is that so often there's, there's a focus that's been ingrained in most of us from the time we were young, that if you, if you just work hard, that, you know, everything will take care of mm -hmm. it. And, you know, yes, that's a necessary precondition. But the truth is we live in a far busier world than the one that we grew up in. Um, you know, 20, 20 years ago, there wasn't social media. There wasn't online video. Um, there was barely email. And, you know, now the average professional gets 100-plus emails a day. That is growing at a compounded rate of 15% a year. Mm. We, are, we are being overwhelmed with information. And the net result of that is that people have a lot less time to pay attention to you or what your deal is, basically. And so if we just assume, oh, if we work hard, we'll get noticed. Well, you know what? You're going to be waiting a long time because you're probably not going to get noticed. And so <laughs> whether you're an employee at the company or even leader of the company, you need to be cognizant not just of doing your job, but telling telling the world what you're doing. Now, the, I think what holds people back is they think, oh, that must mean some kind of chest thumping. And it doesn't. Um, it just means you have to be very clear on what your value is and communicate it in very specific ways. And so, for instance, part of the reason why I'm such a fan of, uh, of you know, blogging, for instance, as a as a platform, is that it gives you a way to demonstrate your expertise, not by saying, oh, I'm the greatest, listen to me, but by showing people things that are actually useful, giving your perspective on trends in your industry or mistakes that customers should avoid or uh, explaining a new technology or a new development. So the people read that and say, oh, that's actually really helpful to me, and they are grateful to you for, uh, for helping show that. So broadly speaking, uh, you know, and this is a, a key theme of standout, how can people uh, really convey their value? Well, you know, you, you need to be cognizant that you're operating these days on two parallel tracks. Um, this is something that's pretty new in the past decade. One is the place you've always been, which is communicating your value to those around you. And so, you know, that's 
basic things, speaking up in meetings, taking on leadership roles inside and outside your organization, um, you know, giving uh, speeches at conferences, things like that, being, being willing to communicate your ideas. You also now have the online platform, which is huge because a lot of the people that you do business with, that's the first place they're going to go to vet you and to look you up. And so taking control of your, your Google search by making sure you're creating a good stream of content um, so that the blog posts, the podcast interviews, whatever, rise to the top rather than miscellaneous random things, that's crucial. If you keep your eye on the ball on those two things, you're going to be ahead of much of the crowd. Yeah, and, you know, even in our marketplace, we find that, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I have a website, but I don't have an e-commerce, you know, portion so people can order, or I have a business card, but I don't have this on it. So it's amazing how, you know, even though, you know, the best practices are, as you said, you know, to be online and to do all this, a lot of people aren't doing it. So I think it's always good to, to reiterate that that's a good way to stand out. So yes. finally, finally, tell us about one of your favorite influencers, like Seth Godin or Daniel Pink. What can business owners learn from this person? Well, I, I think that um, w one of the lessons that I drew from Seth Godin, who was somebody that I interviewed for mm -hmm. out, um, I, I particularly liked his approach because actually um, one of the things that, that I was struck by, he is, to my knowledge, the only uh, really prominent business thought leader who does this. He actually still regularly um, hosts internship programs. And, you know, this is a guy that people would pay thousands of dollars to have the chance to spend time with. But instead, he has interns and he pays the interns because he says, no, I really want to convey that there is value to their work and that that should be recognized. And as a result of, uh, of this, you know, this effort that he's done over the past decade plus, he's actually created uh, a really cohesive community of, uh, of alumni of his internship programs. And these are people that because he has given to them, they, he's, uh, he's creating a kind, of, uh, a kind of mini movement. There are people who have gone on to become quite influential in their own right in terms of uh, the things that they've done. The, chief, the former chief technology officer of Barack Obama's presidential campaign was a Seth Godin intern, for instance. And it's a way of, uh, of keeping your ideas relevant, learning new things, and essentially making sure that your ideas live on. So I think that, that having an attitude of mentorship of both finding ways to learn from other people and to give back that knowledge is something that I hope that more business leaders will think about and embrace. Yeah, and really that idea of mentoring, I mean, you know, he created sort of a whole army of brand ambassadors who are going out there, and but also kind of embodying the things that, you know, his organization espouses. So I think that that's a, a really great example. So Dory, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I think you, you provided a lot of great insights and I know that our members are going to love what you have to say. Thank you so much. It's great to speak with you. Thanks a lot.